Good morning and welcome to Coffee with Pastor here on WRNR. Our host, Rick Knight, pastor of Living Waters Family Worship Center, will give practical and biblical application to some of life's most challenging questions. So grab a coffee, sit back, and let's open the Word of God together. Since you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. But week one, what we discussed was the power of four. We found out that the power of four is the number. Number four represents creation in the Hebrew language. It's the number of creation. If anyone is in Christ, what are they? They are a new creation. Praise God. Uh, the, the old is past, the new has come, and thank God for that. But the story that we backed it up with is that four men brought a paralytic to Jesus, and they, they had a desperate type faith that even though they couldn't get in the front door, they tore the roof off, literally. They tore the roof off, let, let the paralytic down to Jesus, and Jesus not only forgave him of, of his sins, but he healed him. So not only did he walk out healed, he walked out a new creation, amen? And we're thankful for the story of the four. Last week we talked about the power of three. Three is the number of completeness. And now abide these three, faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. These are three great elements in Christendom. And not only that, in each of our own personal lives, we have faith, hope, and love. But each are not fully complete without the other. Amen? Even though love is the greatest out of the three, all three make completeness. Because we know one thing, they make us stronger. As we find out in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, a threefold cord is not easily broken. Now looking at Ecclesiastes 4 once again, let's get into our text. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 starting with verse 9. It says, two are better than one. That seems like a no-brainer, doesn't it? Two are better than one. Why is it? Because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls. For he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. We're talking once again this morning about the power of of two. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you and praise you, Lord God, for the opportunity, Lord God, of, of just learning these numbers and what they mean to us and how they apply to the Word and how the Word applies to our life and how our life applies to your Word. And Father, we pray that the continuing work of the Holy Spirit will con continue to do that, Lord, bringing out, Lord God, knowledge that, Lord, that we may have understanding, that we may grow in wisdom through your Word. And we give you all the praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And amen. I feel sometimes like I'm on Sesame Street, especially in this series, that this, this message this morning has been brought to you by the number two, okay? Uh, can you all tell me how to get to Sesame Street? Some of you remember those days. Okay, but we're looking at the power of two, and the meaning of the number two in the Hebrew language is the number two conveys the meaning of union, but it can also mean division. But it's also used as a verification of facts by witnesses. Where two or more witnesses uh, give testimony, let every word be established. A man and a woman, though two in number, are made one in marriage. There is also the union between Christ and the church as we see in the Scriptures. Excuse me. I didn't adjust my notes before we got up here. 
The testimony of God is divided into the Old and also the New Testament. His covenants with man are also known as the Testaments or the Covenants, the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. There are two mentions of Adam in the Bible. The first Adam, which is known as the father of creation or the father of, uh, of all mankind. And he brought death and destruction through disobedience in the garden. And then there's the second Adam, which is Jesus Christ. He's known as the second Adam or the final or last Adam. He brings the hope of the resurrection and eternal life through his work and salvation. Those who ultimately refuse to repent and obey will be put to death forever by being thrown into the lake of fire, which is called the second death. Many of you may have heard this before. If you're born once, you die twice. You die physically and you die spiritually. But if you're born twice, you die once. If you're born physically and then you're born spiritually, meaning you must be born again, then you only die, you only die once. And that's physical because you'll be living eternally with the Lord. Amen. At the minimum, the testimony of at least two people were needed in the Old Testament to convict someone of a crime or sin. And the validity, the validity of this teaching is confirmed by the Apostle Paul in the New Testament. In the end times, two witnesses will appear on the world scene to, uh, to testify and uphold the truth of God against the beast and the false prophets. That's found in Revelation chapter 1, 1 and if you, chapter 11. If you want to get technical, 1 plus 1 equals... Two. Okay. Jesus sent the disciples out in pairs so that they could not only testify about his teachings and miracles, but also be witnesses of those who accepted or rejected the gospel. Two can also convey comparisons and contrast. The old covenant was based on a physical blessings for obedience, while the new covenant is based on those that are scriptural. There's also two circumcisions in the Bible. I saw every man just wince right now. But there's two circumcisions. There's the physical and there's also the spiritual as related in the New Testament. God formerly required obedience only to the letter of His laws, but now calls upon man to obey their spiritual intent. So let's look at our text once again and let's break down and look at the power of two in this. Our text once again is Ecclesiastes chapter 4 starting with verse 9 where it says, Two are better than one. Two are better than one. How many of you enjoy that buy one, get one free offer? Yeah. Yeah, some of you are starting to clap and shout, and that's more than I usually get on a Sunday morning. But two, buy one, get one free. Or owning two cars. Owning two cars is better sometimes than only having one. Because uh, there may be an argument. But i got to go to the store. But i got to go to work. Well, i got to go here. i got to go there. Well, if you have two cars, it kind of ends the argument. Sometimes, some people say that two incomes are better than one income. It depends. If, uh, if one person makes a good enough income and they manage it well, then the other one doesn't need an income. But sometimes, two incomes are better than one. So we see that two are better than one. And the Bible says this, because they have a good reward for their labor. They have a good reward for their labor. And this is speaking of partnership. This is speaking of partnership to having a partnership together. And God speaks about that in Matthew chapter 18. His Son Jesus Christ speaking. says, again, I say unto you, if two of you agree, if two of you agree on earth, everybody say on earth, concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. 
Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth, where? On earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father. Where? In heaven. Our Father in heaven, if we come to an area of agreement, that word agreement is the Greek word symphoneo, which we get the word symphony from, which means harmony and unity. If two of you will come into harmony, if you come into unity, you can ask God whatsoever you will, and God will answer that prayer. You say, oh, pastor, do you really believe it? Well, it's right here in black and white. It's right here in the Word of God. And I have to say that we are a full gospel church and we believe that God keeps His promises because the promises of God are yes and so be it. Amen? Praise God. It goes on to say this, For where two or three are gathered together in My name, Jesus said, I am there in the midst of them. Now this is more than, uh, I've heard this before when uh, pastors or ministers will get up and they'll make an excuse of why the attendance is so low. They'll say, oh, I guess everybody couldn't make out today. Well, you know, the Bible says if two or more are gathered together in my name, I'll be there in the midst of them. And we use it as an excuse for there being lack of uh, attendance. But I want you to see the spiritual significance of what's being done here. When you come together in agreement and you're you're gathering together, Jesus says, I'm going to be in the very midst of you uh, as you join hands I'm joining hands with you as you're praying I'm praying with you that's the power of agreement that's the power of partnership that is the power of two the Bible goes on to say this why is two better than one because uh, verse 10 says for if they fall one will lift up his companion but woe to him who is alone when he falls for he has no one to help him up. You've all seen commercials about it. I've fallen and I can't get up. Why? Because there's no one there to help them up. And we can apply that spiritually, that there's people alone, even in the body of Christ, that have become alone and they've fallen away from God and there's not been anyone there to encourage them or help them back up. But we see instruction from the Word of God out of Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, where it says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any sin or trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. What's that mean? It means that we have to come to a place in the spirit of gentleness that we will look out for the needs of others. And when we see somebody fall, we won't turn and talk about them but that we will turn and help them. There's a story of a, of a pastor who's addressing his council and there's like six council members on this council and, and one of them had fallen away from God and the pastor was very concerned about him. And he turned to one of the members of his council and he says, would you ever commit that sin? Oh no, pastor, no. No, I wouldn't commit that sin. No, I, I'd never do that. He goes, and he went to the next council member. Same answer. Went to the next council member. To the very last council member, he asked the last council member, would you commit that sin? He said, Pastor, in all honesty, if not for the grace of God, I think every one of us would. He goes, okay, you come with me. We're going to go restore this brother. Why? Because this brother understood the grace of God that needs to reach out. Why do we talk about people that fall? Because it's easier to talk about them. It's work to restore them, but it's easier just to talk about them. So when one falls, the companion will lift them up. 
But woe to him who falls alone because there's no one there to pick him up. There is the power of partnership. There's the power of friendship. There's the power of accountability. James chapter 5, verse 16 says this, Confess your trespasses one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. There's a lot of people in the body of Christ that are not healed simply because they don't have anybody to confess to. Oh, pastor, but it says if we confess our sins to God, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's true. But sometimes we need Jesus with skin on. We need somebody we can sit down with. We have to have somebody that we, they can see the tears in our eyes they can feel the brokenness of our spirit and be able to share with them the grief that we're going through so that the other person grabs their hand and says, brother, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Let's pray about it. Let's pray about it. And I know we're living in a time where it seems like trust is just thrown out the window. Pastor, I just I, I don't share anything because there's nobody that I trust. And I've heard story and story and story after story of people that have broken other people's trust by speaking things that they should have kept to themselves. We need to restore one another. We need to confess. Be able to have someone we go to and say, look, I'm really struggling. I'm really going through a hard time. I really need someone to talk to. That's why therapists have cropped up and it's become a multi-million dollar business, possibly billion dollar business. Therapists have cropped up because, why? Because people are looking for people to talk to. To share their burden with. Just to unload. There was a psychiatrist one time, he's just new in his practice and he set up this practice in a building full of psychiatrists and, and he went in and he's sharply dressed in a nice suit and tie and, and he, uh, you know, his hair was just right and he walked in but by the end of the day he walked out he was disheveled his tie was pulled his hair was all messed up and, and he's wiping his brow and he's looking at all his other colleagues and they're just as sharp just as dressed their, home, their hair is just perfect and he went up he goes I don't understand I just don't understand he says, you all just seem sharp and everything like that. He goes, me, I'm disheveled. And they go, oh, you're new here, aren't you? And uh, he goes, yes. And they go, oh, well, you're still listening to their problems. We've just turned our ears off, so to speak, and just let them talk. We need to be a church that hears. We need to be a church that feels. We need to be a church that cares. Amen? That is the power of partnership. That is the power of friendship. That is the power of accountability. Why is two better than one? It says, again, if, you, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? I know this is before electric blankets. But how can one be warm alone? One of the coldest places on the face of the earth is not the Alaskan tundra. It's not the Nepali or Himalayan frontier. It's not the barren no-man's land of the Siberian landscape. Most of you men know what I'm talking about. It's our wives' feet. It is. It's like, how in the world? Where'd you just come from? But that's the beauty of Having that loved one that can warm your feet, even when it's 
90 degrees outside. They have frozen feet. But I want to say concerning partnership that the marriage bond or partnership, when healthy, can be the strongest force on the planet earth. Let me say that again because some of you just aren't getting it. The marriage bond or partnership that is healthy can be the strongest force on planet earth. Because you have someone there you can confide in. You can have someone there you can confess to. You can have someone there say, please pray for me. There's times that, that I've struggled so deeply. She'll be sitting in the chair. I just go over and I just kneel down in front of her and I place my, my head on her knees and I said, sweetheart, please pray for me. Please pray for me. And why do I do that? Because I know I'm married to a woman that will touch heaven for me. That's the power of friendship. That's the power of partnership. You may be saying, Pastor Rick, I wish I had that type of relationship. Well, sit down with your loved one and talk it out with them. Sit down with that loved one and confide in them. Maybe your weaknesses or what you feel the weakness of your marriage is. Amen? Why are two better than one? In verse 12 it says, Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. I'm reminded of this story. I love this story of this bully that steps out in front of a little elementary school kid. And he says, where are you going, Jimmy? He says, well, I'm going to school. He says, you're not going to school today, and pushes him down. Well, he gets back up and a big smile breaks out on his face. He goes, what are you smiling about, Jimmy? He says, I'm going to school. You're not going to school today, Jimmy, and pushes him down. Well, Jimmy stands back up and he's smiling, even on the point of laughter. What are you laughing about, Jimmy? He says, my big brother's standing right behind you. <laughs> so when you face times when it seems like the devil's pushing you around, you just stand up and smile. And you just say, hey, devil, Jesus is standing behind you. I don't have to worry about a thing. Why is that? Because though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And we find that in 1 Samuel chapter 14. 1 Samuel chapter 14, it's a well-known portion of Scripture if you're uh, uh, accustomed to reading the Old Testament. There's a story about Jonathan and his armor-bearer coming against the Philistines. Let's look at the story. In verse 1 it says, One day Jonathan said to his armor-bearer, Now most of you may not know, Jonathan was the son of King Saul. He was the king's son. The armor-bearer is someone who usually carried the armament of the soldier that he warred with. He had a sword of his own because he would battle for his, the person he was bearing the armor for. And that's what happened. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, Jonathan is getting a little antsy. He, there's, there's kind of a siege going on. There's a camp or an outpost of the Philistines. And Jonathan says, you know what? I really feel like fighting today. I feel like going to battle today. So he said to his armor bearer, come on, let's go over to where the Philistines had their outpost. But Jonathan did not tell his father what he was doing. How many of you are like that? Verse 4. To reach the Philistine outpost, Jonathan had to go down between two rocky cliffs that were called Bozes and Sena. The cliff of the north was in front of Michmash, and one of the south was in front of Geba. Let us go across to the outpost of those pagans, Jonathan said to his armor bearer. Perhaps the Lord will help us, 
for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle whether he has many warriors or only a few. This is what his armor bearer said. Do what you think is best. I'm with you completely, whatever you decide. Man, that's the beauty of a partnership right there. He's saying, do whatever you feel your heart is telling you to do, I'll back you. They say there's a difference between a good friend and a best friend. They say a good friend will bail you out of jail. A best friend will say, man, that was fun, let's do it again. This is what Jonathan said in verse 8. All right then, Jonathan told him, we will cross over. Now you have to realize, and the reason I told that story, you have to realize that the armor bearer was agreeing with Jonathan. Jonathan was disobeying his father. He was disobeying an order of the king. What's the result of disobeying an order of the king? Certain death. And that armor bearer says, you're going to die? I'm going to die with you. Do whatever you feel is in your heart. I've got your back. Hmm. How many of you want somebody like that in your life? Jonathan said, all right then. We will cross over and let them see us. If they say to us, stay where you are or we'll kill you, then we will stop and not go up to them. But if they say, come on up and fight, then we will go up. That will be the Lord's sign that He will help us defeat them. Boy, these are some sure things here. You know what I'm saying? This is throwing a fleece out to God saying, you know what, this, if they say this, then we'll do this. But if they say this, we'll do this. This is some pretty risky stuff here. It says, when the Philistines saw them coming, they shouted, look, the Hebrews are crawling out of their holes. Then the men from the outpost shouted to Jonathan, come on up here and we'll teach you a lesson. And Jonathan said, it's on. Come on, climb right behind me, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, for the Lord will help us defeat them. So they climbed up using both hands and feet, and the Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer killed those who came up behind them. They killed some 20 men in all, and their bodies were scattered over about a half, a, uh, a half an acre. Wow. They did some running around. They did some fighting. Two against 20. Who thought the odds would be like that? But that's the power of partnership. When two can set 20. You see? I know the Bible says, the Bible says, if one sets a thousand a flight, two can set 10,000. But you need to read the context of that Scripture. It's not exactly meaning what uh, you think it's meaning. Check it out sometime. That's just an insert. You do your own Bible study on that. But the power of two is that two can fight at least 20. Let's say four can fight 80. Go on and on and on. The power of multiplication. Little as much when God's in it. You may think it's just you and, and, and the person you're standing with. You may just think it's you and your spouse. You may think it's just you and your prayer partner. But I heard a testimony just last night that in Clay County, Kentucky, there was a person that decided to pray against the opioid destruction of their county, and God is turning that county around because one person decided to pray concerning their community. One person. Imagine someone joining forces with that individual. 
power of two. I want us to do something a little different this morning. This is basically an encouragement to the church. If you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ, let me encourage you, you need to partner with Him. You need to let Him become Lord of your life. You say, oh, Pastor, don't, don't make the excuses everybody makes. Oh, when I get everything together, I'll come to Jesus. There's a song, an old Gospel song of the church, old hymn of the church, just as I am, without one plea. Come to Jesus just as you are. He loves you just the way you are. But He loves you too much to keep you that way. He wants to change your life. He wants to rock your world. He wants to become your everything. If that's you and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I challenge you, give your life to Christ. But i like everybody to stand this morning. I want to talk about the power of two. Parents, you've got to come in agreement with your children. Your children are watching you. And they're watching whether you're consistent or if you're in agreement. You have to come in agreement concerning your, your household. Husbands, you're the priest of the house. Women, you are, you're the minister of the priest. You minister to the, the priest. And as he does what he does to, to keep the family safe and to provide for the family, whatever it may be, this is God's call on, on, on the life. This is the order of the Lord. All things are done decently in order. God has an order, and we just need to submit to it. Amen? There may be some here, your spouse has failed you. You may be a woman here whose who's, uh, uh, your husband left you and, and, and left you unprotected. Well, consider yourself married to God right now. And God will be your husband. He will be your protector. He'll watch over you. You don't have to pay because uh, someone failed in, in their mission. You don't have to pay. But we have to see the power of two. As I mentioned before, married couples, as you're standing there, realize that you are a force to be reckoned with. Realize that you are a spiritual force. You are a spiritual force to be reckoned with. God has a call on your life. He has an order on your life. And God desires, God desires for you to be blessed and empowered. Amen? To be blessed and empowered. We're going to pray the power of partnership. Something powerful is about to take place. There's going to come an agreement in the house of God. And we're going to see the devil defeated. We're going to see lives changed to the glory of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank You for the power of two. You say we're two or three are gathered together in Your name, You would be in the very middle of them. Hallelujah! Lord, as we stand in prayer over our families, as we stand in prayer, Lord God, we join Your hand. We join that nail-scarred hand, Lord God, and we stand in agreement with the very One that purchased us. Lord God, because You are our all in all. And we will go all in and all out for You. Father, we make a partnership right now with our spouse. We make a partnership right now, Lord God, with a brother or sister in Christ. We make a partnership right now that we will pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We will pray for our spouse. We will pray. We will pray, Lord God, the blessing of heaven upon them. We will call down heaven 
on our spouse. We will call down heaven on our spouse because we love them. One thing we realize here at Coffee with Pastor is that we could not do what we do without our monthly sponsors. We are so glad to have the fine Christian people at Bears Repair sponsoring this month's show. This month, Bears Repair is offering 10% off of all break service. All you have to do is mention that you listen to Coffee with Pastor. You need to keep your vehicle in good working order, but car and truck repairs can be very costly. Bears Repair in Martinsburg performs all kinds of auto repairs at prices most often well below their competition. Bears Repair offers tune-ups, oil change and lubrication, small and large engine and transmission repair, wheel balancing, front end alignment, exhaust system replacement, air conditioning checks, auto inspections, and new tires. Stop by for a free estimate at Bears Repair, 904 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg, phone 262-0208, Bears Repair. Thank you for joining us for Coffee with Pastor. If you would like to learn more about becoming a follower of Christ or would like to make a donation to this radio program, please visit www.livingwaterswv.com or email Pastor Rick at coffeewithpastor at gmail.com where you can also ask him questions that you would like answered on the air. This program is being brought to you by the generous support of listeners just like you.